I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Do not try to force the winner every time. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. If you are loving the Work On Your Game podcast and you want to know what is the next step you can take to get further into this world, what you need to do is go claim your free copy of my newest book, The Third Day. In that book, I'm going to give you some simple performance formulas, brand new formulas that will help you be more consistent and disciplined and trust yourself more. And all of this with no willpower required. All you have to do is follow these new approaches that I'm going to give you about performing consistency and discipline. You're going to learn to trust yourself, perform at a high level, build that reputation, and you will not need to will yourself into working hard or any of that old stuff that you've been hearing from other people about consistency. I'm going to show you the way to do it right. I'm going to give you the book for free. All you're going to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. So that's my newest book, Third Day. I'm going to give it to you free. All you're going to do is cover the shipping. It's a physical book. The link is thirddaybook.com. Many people have asked me, Dre, do you do any form of coaching? The answer is yes. I have two coaching programs open as a matter of fact. First, my one-on-one coaching program is my third day mastermind. For those of you who want one-on-one personalized attention, where it's just you and I, we talk specifically about your goals, your challenges, where you want to go business professional-wise, where you're trying to get to, where you're at, what type of changes need to happen, whether those are tangible changes, intangible changes, starting with the being, then the doing. Of course, we got to get to the measurable havings. That is in my third day mastermind. My other coaching program is my Bulletproof Mastermind. That is my group coaching program where I will help you have clear, duplicatable systems for yourself and for your business and the discipline to execute. And I will help you make sure you have all of that stuff in place in 30 days or less. And then you're going to stick around the program even when you have your systems in place so that you can build your network, so that you can connect with other people, so that you can trade for services, so that you can make those phone calls and send a text message and get problems handled that you otherwise don't need to be handling yourself or would not be able to handle yourself. That is in my group program called the Bulletproof Mastermind. You can get information and join either program by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com right now. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com for my one-on-one coaching or my group coaching program. For one-on-one, you hop on a Zoom call with me so we can talk about who you are, where you're at, and how we can get started. And the group coaching program, you can sign up right there on the website right now. Both programs, all information, all details, and get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com.
You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence, put yourself out there, boldly and offensively, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you're expecting to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, we're not done. You get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, techniques, mindsets all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to fight back in life. There is an actual a process. There is a process to fighting back in life. And if you know me, you've been listening to this show, even if this is only the second episode you've ever heard, then you probably already know that we always start and we always end with the individual and it starts with the mindset, the way that you think. So fighting back is not so much about the tools or the techniques that you use to fight back, but it starts with the mindset that you even are thinking about fighting back in any situation that you face in life. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. But before we get into that, first of all, let me tell you all something really important. I send out a daily motivation text every single day, free of charge to everyone who's in my texting community. It is free to be in my texting community and thus free to receive that daily motivation text. All you have to do to receive it is text me at my number, 305-384-6894. So send a text to that number right now. Again, 305-384-6894. You'll get my daily motivation text free of charge every day, straight to your phone. If I can give you this show every day, I can give you a text message every day. Now, with all that said, now let's talk about this topic and where this came from. A lot of people don't know. I wrote an article about this in uh, December of 2021. A lot of you don't know that before... Many of you know my background is playing sports. But before that, and back in middle school, I used to play chess. Now, my dad taught me how to play chess when I was really young, probably in my, probably around, um, what grade was this? Probably around maybe nine, 10 years old, something like that. He knew how to play. He taught me how to play. And I actually started to get really good at it because I joined the chess club when I was in middle school. So this is probably around grade six or seven. So I was probably maybe 12, 13 years old. And I joined the chess club at Masterman Middle School in Philadelphia, which is where I went to middle school. And the guy who taught chess there was a guy named Stephen Shutt. And he was a really, really good chess player. He was a really good player himself. And he was known as one of the best chess teachers in the city of Philadelphia at the time. And he happened to work at the school that I went to. So when I joined the chess club, he was the one teaching it. So and he's the kind of guy who would have like all of us, all of us kids in the room where we had our chess club every, it was like a couple times a week. And he would have us all set up a chess board and he would go one by one around the room and just be playing each one of us in a, a running game and kicking all of our asses without really spending any time looking at, uh, looking at the board. We got to sit there and study the board while he went around the rest of the room. Then he'd come back to us and still be beating us. He was that good at chess. And I got really good because the other players there, they were good. And we would go to chess tournaments and all this stuff. And I didn't become any type of you no know, grandmaster or anything like that. You know, a lot of times when we went to those tournaments, I was getting my ass kicked by other kids. But I got really good at chess, relatively speaking, good enough that I was beating my dad pretty much most of the time after he's the one who taught me simply because I was in there you know, doing the work, getting to practice in all the time. Anyway, I'm telling you all that to tell you that I went and downloaded some online chess, an online chess app on my iPad back in December. I'm like, man, let me see if I can play some chess online. So I played a little bit. I was playing a little bit of chess online. I played against the computer for about a week and I you know, refound some skills that I had lost because I stopped playing chess probably around seventh, eighth grade. I stopped playing chess because I started focusing on you know, sports and you know, all the, the quote unquote cool stuff and chess was not one of them. 
And then I went on play basketball. So all those years go by, you know, 20, 30 years go by. And then I start playing chess again. And I was playing chess online last two months ago. And I finally start playing against humans. And I'm playing against people online. So you don't know who these people are. A lot of them overseas and stuff like that. And I remember one particular game. Actually, the first couple of games I was playing, I was actually winning. I won like my first four or five games because when you start off, your ranking is like really low because you haven't played anybody. So I start building my rating up because I'm just kicking these people's asses who can't really play. And then I start playing against people who could actually play. And I'm playing against this guy who was, I don't know if it was a guy, whoever this person was. And they're beating me and they had me down to like one or two pieces. I was really in bad shape. Like they were probably going to beat me. But it was, only, it was only a matter of time. It was just inevitable they were going to win. But I wasn't going to quit in the game. So I just kept playing. I'm like, All right, I'm just going to make this person beat me. Because one thing that I learned in playing chess online is that even when somebody has you beat, they often are very bad at closing the game out. They can get the advantage, but they're bad at finishing the game off. Any of you knows how to play chess knows that the end game in chess, actually finishing the game, is often harder than getting the advantage in the first place. So I was like, all right, I'm just, they're going to have to beat me. I know I'm going to lose, but they're just going to have to beat me. So I kept playing, made this person finish me off, and then they actually made a mistake. Then they made another mistake and another mistake, and I ended up beating this person. And I remember thinking about that, and when it happened, well, not thinking about it, but I remember when it happened, I thought of what I'm going to share with you here today. Because what happened is the opponent who I was playing, they didn't even let me beat them. Because once I got the advantage over them that should have been their advantage, they resigned, which is basically the chess version of quitting. They resigned before the game was even over. And it's not even that I was playing very well that game. Again, this person was beating me by, I made some mistakes that were just a sign of the rust of 20, 30 years of not playing chess. But because I didn't quit when I was down, I actually pulled victory from the jaws of defeat. And again, as I said, as I even explained in this little story, this is more about mindset than it was about skill. This was not skill that helped me win that match because my lack of skill is the reason why I was losing in the first place. So that's what today is about. I want to explain to you the mindset behind fighting back in life, even when you seem to be in what appears to be to most people a losing situation. Point number one, topic once again, is how to fight back in life. Let life make a mistake in your favor. What do I mean by this? There's a tennis player, retired now, but was a tennis player. He's still alive. His name is Andre Agassi. And he wrote a book called Open. I don't know if any of you ever read this book. Now, I'm not a tennis player. I think tennis is a sport that I actually, with my agility and athletic ability, if it hadn't been basketball, I think tennis I might have been pretty good at. But I never played tennis, but I did read Andre Agassi's autobiography and it's called Open. And it's just he just talks about his life and you know his struggles in tennis and his successes in tennis and all the things that he went through. And there's one little piece of the book that perfectly illustrates this first point that I'm making. Andre was having some struggles, even though he was very talented, very good at tennis, and he should have been ranked higher in the tennis world than he was at the time. He was making a lot of mistakes in tennis. They call them unforced errors because any of you who's ever seen a tennis match, you understand there's no, I mean, there technically is, I guess there's not really defense in tennis. It's not like basketball where you, you can't physically touch your opponent in tennis. There's the net, you hit the ball over the net, then your opponent hits it back and y'all just keep going back and forth until somebody messes up. And Andre Agassi was losing matches that he should have been winning simply because he was committing a lot of unforced errors. He would hit the ball and it would go out of bounds or hit the ball into the net or just make these mistakes that were not forced by anybody because, again, nobody can really force you to make a mistake in tennis. All they can do is hit the ball to you. You hit it wherever you know are capable of hitting it 
he was making these mistakes that was messing him up. And he knew that he had a problem that needed to be fixed. So he went and hired this coach. And here's what the coach told him. The coach told him to stop trying to hit winners every time he sent the ball over the net. A winner in tennis is, again, if you've seen the game of tennis, you hit the ball in such a way towards your opponent that they either can't hit it back or they do hit it back, but they end up making the unforced error and you end up winning that point simply because you set them up to get yourself a win. The coach told Andre Agassi, stop trying to make a spectacular play. Stop trying to get a winner every time that you hit the ball. Sometimes, Andre, all you got to do is just hit the ball over the net. Just keep the ball in play. You don't have to make a spectacular play. It doesn't have to be some amazing shot that's going to destroy the opponent. Just keep the ball in play, hit it over the net. And what often will happen if you just keep playing, same thing that happened in my chess match, is your opponent will make a mistake and present an opening that you can then exploit. But you don't have to force the opening to happen. Sometimes you just keep playing and you just wait for the opening to present itself. Do you understand? So this is the concept of not forcing the issue, just waiting for the issue to present itself because it will as long as you keep playing. The reason why I can be so sure of this and the reason Andre Agassi put this in his book because it worked and the reason why Andre Agassi's coach knew that he could tell him this because he knew it would work is simply because most people in life do not have the discipline to just simply keep playing the ball over the net. They don't have the discipline to finish off even when they do create an opportunity for themselves. So if you just have the discipline, if you can just out-discipline your opponent, you will get the opportunity they are eventually going to show to you simply because they're not going to beat you at discipline. It might beat you at talent. They might have an opportunity you don't have, but as long as you can be disciplined, many times you're going to end up with the upper hand, even though the odds say, or maybe the, the average spectator watching would think that you don't deserve to have that opportunity, but you will end up having it. This is the exact way that life works. It will present that opportunity for you. Any of you who's ever been in any combat sports, you probably have heard the same thing. You probably have been taught this by your coaches. And if you are experienced in it, you probably know it to be true. Is that when you're trying to force the action, you're trying to force yourself to land a knockout blow on your opponent. If you're fighting against somebody who actually knows what they're doing, they're going to use your attempt to create this knockout. So they're going to use that against you. And you're going to be the one who ends up getting knocked out. Sometimes you just have to stay disciplined and wait for that opportunity to show up. And then when it shows up, you just be ready for it. And that's when you take advantage. When I was in college, my freshman year, we would, of course, in practice, and if you play basketball, you know that we'll work on running the plays over and over again. The challenge on running the plays in practice, and this is something that always annoyed me when I played basketball, was that we're practicing against our teammates. So everybody knows the play. Everybody knows the play that we're running. So the play says pass the ball to this guy right here. But the guys on defense in practice, they know that the play says pass the ball right there. So they're overplaying the passes and you can't even run the offense the way they're supposed to be running. The coach is getting mad because you're not running the offense. I'm like, yo, they know to the play. Coach, what are we supposed to do? So I remember one day we were in practice my freshman year, and the part of the play that we were running is the guy on the wing had a ball, and he would pass the ball into somebody in the post. But of course, as I just explained, the guys on defense, they know that the play is designed to throw the ball to the guy in the post. So they're overplaying the pass, and we're trying to throw the pass down there, and it's getting stolen, and it's getting picked off, it's getting knocked out of bounds. We're unable to run the play. And the coach finally yelled out to us, it's not there. The pass is not there. Do something else. All right, pass the ball somewhere else. He hadn't really explained it too well, but his point was correct in that we were trying to force the issue. We were trying to force things to go a certain way when what we needed to do instead was what one of our assistant coaches would always say to us. He would say, guys, yes, I know we're supposed to be running the play, but at the same time, 
play basketball. All right. Don't think that you just need to be a robot and just do what the play is designed to do. If you see an opening to the right, even though the play is designed to go to the left, go to the right. There's an opening there. Make the defense respond to that. Take what the defense is giving you, as they say in basketball, and just play. Just play basketball. So it was kind of a mix of both ideas you had to keep in your mind at the same time, which is hard for linear thinkers, at least when it comes to playing sports. But the idea, this is exactly what you have to understand, which is why playing sports is not always so easy. Sometimes you just have to, metaphorically speaking, in life, keep the ball in play. Even though I'm using sports analogies here, it's the same thing for all of us. Sometimes you just got to keep showing up. Just keep showing up to the job. Keep showing up and making those sales calls. Keep showing up and putting your stuff out there and the opportunity will show itself. But it's not, the opportunity is not going to be forced to show up just because you want it to show up at the time that you want it. All right. Sometimes, many times, stay in the game, remain steady, consistent, and present. Opportunity presents itself. And since you're being vigilant and prepared, you will be ready to take advantage when that opportunity shows up. Just like that combat fighter in the match, you wait for your opponent to drop their hands, and then you hit them with the knockout shot. I remember I was looking at the clip from the ending of the boxing match between. I always get these two kids mixed up, Jake Paul and Logan Paul. I think it was Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul's the younger one. Whichever one fought uh, Tyrone Woodley. So they fought two times, right? And then Jake Paul won both matches. I think it's Jake Paul. But whichever one of the Paul brothers, whichever one it was. And I remember looking at the clip, and it's only a 20-second clip of when Paul knocked out Woodley. And Jake Paul, he kind of faints at him a little bit, like he's going to throw a, throw a punch. And he sees Woodley raise his hands a certain way. And then Jake Paul backs up a little bit. And I could see in his eyes that he was reading how his opponent, what, what his opponent was doing. He was reading how his opponent was responding to the way that he was coming in for the punch. And Jake Paul was just planning. He was just planning for what he was going to do next. So then when he reengaged with Woodley, he kind of fainted the exact same way, like what he had done before. And Woodley responded the same way. And Jake Paul, instead of throwing the punch that it looked like he was going to throw, he came over the top with a right hook, boom, right upside Woodley's temple and knocked him out. And that was the end of the fight. The whole point is Jake Paul noticed the opening. He waited for the opening. He didn't try to force the opening. And when he saw it, he took advantage of it. That's exactly what you need to do in life. Do not try to force the winner every time. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is how to fight back in life. Make them finish you off. As I explained in my chess match, I was down and had I been playing against someone with a little bit more seasoning and skill, I should have lost that match. But I forced them to have to finish me. I wasn't going to quit. I'm going to make them finish me. There are a lot of people and situations that can and will receive, can create and will receive with open arms advantages, maybe even yourself. All right, that's the easy part. Creating an advantage and receiving an advantage that you didn't even earn, that's the easy thing. Anyone can do that. It's what I call playing a home game. I talked about this in episode 1068. The home games in life are the situations that are set up for you to win. Maybe circumstances have moved themselves. They've adjusted themselves in such a way that you have the advantage is a clear advantage over your opponent, maybe an ethical unfair advantage, as I've talked about in a previous episode of the show. Let me tell you what episode that was where I talked about the ethical unfair advantage. That was episode number 1957. Sometimes someone will have an ethical unfair advantage over you, which is they didn't do anything wrong to get it. But just because you have an advantage doesn't mean you won. All right. There's a difference between having an advantage and winning. And some of you have been in situations where you had an advantage, but you were unable to finish the deal. Those are two completely different things. So when someone has that advantage over you and they're playing a home game, at least in that moment, they can ride the wave of things working in their favor. And if this is you, you can ride the wave of things working in your favor. But at the same time, 
many of those same folks, maybe even yourself, who can ride that wave when they're winning, they aren't so good at playing from behind. And again, those are two different things. It's one thing to play a home game when everything is set up for you to win. All you had to do is not mess up. It's another thing to play a road game when everything is set up for you to lose. And you're going to have to you're going to need a heavy dose of mental toughness and internal fortitude to win, not just don't make a mistake to win. See, in a home game to win, all you got to do is not make a mistake on a road game to win. You got to not only not make mistakes, but also you're going to have to overcome all the advantages that the home team has. Again, just metaphorically speaking, technically in a sports match, even if you're playing on the road, everybody has the same situation. The only difference is you're playing in their arena and maybe the fans are cheering for them. Technically, everything else should be equal. But you get what I'm saying here. Energetically, energetically, spiritually, maybe the home team just feels like they have an advantage because they're playing at home. But on the road, you got to be a lot more focused. You got to be a lot more sharp. You probably can't get away with as many mistakes. And that's why a road game is a road game. And many of those people, when they're playing from behind, they don't have the same confidence when they're behind as they have when they're hit, even though it's the exact same game and their skill set has not changed. When people are on the trailing end of the scoreboard in sports and in life, often, and hopefully this is not you, but often what happens is they lose their energy, their spirit goes down, their focus wanes, the excitement diminishes. And they quit in spirit if they don't quit in body. Many times they'll quit physically. If not, they quit mentally. And again, hopefully I'm not describing anybody who's listening to this here, but maybe some of us have experienced this at different times. Maybe you maybe you're not doing it anymore, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've seen it happen in other people when they're winning. Everything's great. But when they're losing, all of a sudden, all that energy is gone. All that confidence is gone. My suggestion to you is that even when you're losing. Or if it looks like you're losing, you stay in the game mentally until the game is over. And it's not over until they beat you. They have to take you all the way out in order to defeat you. If they haven't taken you all the way out yet, then the game is not over. I talked about this in episode 316, my virtual mentors part three, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. One of the reasons that I became a fan of 50 is, of course, I like the music that he put out, but it was also the story. It was a story of a guy who, again, he came back from probably the worst thing that could happen to any person is that he got shot nine times at point blank range. Most people don't survive that, but anybody who does survive it, and 50 said this himself, most of the people who survive that, they end up living the rest of their lives in fear because they know what it feels like and what it looks like to almost lose their lives. So they spend the rest of their lives afraid of something like that happening again. But 50 said there's another option. Other option is now you're not afraid of anything because you've seen the worst that life could offer you and you survived it. And the fact that he was in that situation that pretty much looked like it was over for him. And what did he do? He took that situation and actually used it to his advantage, get himself back into his business, into his line of work. And this is the reason why everybody knows who 50 Cent is. And I don't have to explain it to you because he took the worst possible situation and turned it around. A situation that looked like a a serious road game. All right. I don't know how much further on the road you can go than almost being dead. He turned it into a home game. That's the mental alchemy that you can undergo when you have the mental toughness to deal with being in a road game situation. Again, and most people are looking at you saying, damn, I feel sorry for you. If that was me, the game pretty must be over. He decided he was going to write a different story for himself. And you could do the exact same thing. I talked about this in my book, Work On Your Game. When you face a setback, are you going to put a period at the end of that setback, meaning the story is over? Or are you going to put a comma at the end of that setback, meaning there's more than needs to be said? Because when people get on the trailing end of that scoreboard, oftentimes they just quit. It's as simple as that. So stay in the game until the game's over. Make them finish you. 
just like my chess match. When you enact this idea, you, what you'll notice is that life and most people, by extension, can be good at getting the lead on you, but they are not good at finishing you. So use their weakness to your advantage. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is how to fight back in life. Number three, keep in mind, and I just alluded to this in point number two, most people cannot play from behind. Most people are not good when they play on the road, but they're a lot better when they play at home. Most people are not used to playing on the road, i.e. they're not used to playing from behind, and they usually just quit in spirit, if not in body and mind, when they find themselves losing in a situation. And many people are only willing to engage in a situation either when they are winning or when they're sure that they will win. Many people won't even step into an arena if they're not guaranteed a victory or it doesn't look like the odds are stacked in their favor. Many people will not step into a 50-50 battle. Many people won't even play on a road game because it doesn't look like the odds are stacked in their favor. So they won't even set themselves up for what looks like, in their mind, a sure defeat. And this is why most people are average. I'm pausing on that one to let it sink in a bit to make sure you heard what I said. Many people, I'm saying it again, many people will only engage in situations that are home games. It's set up for them to win. It looks like they're going to be successful. Everything seems to be working in their favor. And this is the only time that they'll play. But if the situation is 50-50, let alone 60-40, let alone it looks like it's a road game, looks like things are not set up for them to win and the odds are against them. Many people will never even try in those situations. They won't even get in the game. I'm not talking about they're in the game and losing. I'm talking about they don't even get in the game in the first place because it's not set up for them to be successful. And this is why most people are average. And if you're not understanding what I'm saying here, if you're not reading between the lines, let me spell it out for you. The only way you can become anything above average in life is that you got to win some road games. You got to play some road games. You got to show up to them and you have to win some. Now, you cannot live your whole career off all home games. You cannot become successful in life by only winning situations that are set up for you to succeed. You got to win some situations that are set up for you to fail, but you win anyway. That's the real game. That requires mental toughness. And many people just don't have any mental toughness. This is why they don't play real games, let alone do they win any. And this is why they become and remain average or worse. Many people do not try anything that's not a guaranteed W, as we say in sports. So when situations or people have you down on the losing end, at least temporarily, you know what they will expect you to do? They're going to expect you to do what most people do. What do most people do when they're losing? I already told you, they quit. When most people are losing, they quit. So when you find yourself temporarily losing in a situation, know what your opponent is going to expect you to do? They're going to expect you to quit. But let me tell you how that's an advantage for you. Since they expect you to quit, roll over and accept defeat, here's something that you will now know about them. They don't know how to finish you. Because they're used to getting an opponent down and that opponent just quits. So they don't have to finish them off. But when you say, no, I'm not going to quit and you force them to finish you off, you will often find that they do not have the skill, nor do they have the killer instinct to actually do it. They don't have the ability to finish you off. So now you can use their lack of killer instinct against them and you can turn the tables and then you can defeat them. In episode 943, I told you the required tools for developing your killer instinct. If you didn't listen to that episode, that was over a thousand days ago. Some of you might not have known about me back then. So go listen to episode 943. It is linked down below in the show notes. And if it's not there, just go to workonyourgamepodcast.com where you can listen to every episode in the history of the show. You need to understand what the killer instinct is. Killer instinct is not about being negative or trying to make 
or trying to be combative with other people. The killer instinct is about seeing an opportunity and then seizing that opportunity and not letting the opportunity pass. That's what killer instinct is. Not about actually killing anybody in case anyone's taking what I'm saying literally. Most people don't have a killer instinct because they are never called on to use it. And because most people, when they're losing, they just quit. So you don't have to kill them. They just, they kill themselves. They commit suicide. But you, knowing this, next time you're losing, don't quit. Because the person that who has you down, they probably don't have the requisite tools or the requisite mindset to finish you off. Use that against them. Since you won't quit, roll over and accept defeat. Now you make them do something that they're incapable of doing. You force them to finish you all the way. You're often fine. They are ill-equipped to do the job. So this is how you fight back in life. Let's recap today's class, which is, again, how to fight back in life. I thought of this idea when I was playing chess online. Somebody had me beaten pretty bad, but the game was not yet over. I just kept playing, said, all right, I know I'm going to lose, but let me have them finish me off. Found out they didn't have the skills to finish me off. I ended up winning the game and they actually quit. They didn't even let me finish them off. They quit. I would have finished them off, but they quit. Before I even got a chance to do so, I think they just lost face. They were embarrassed because of the fact that they blew the big lead that they had at that time. And that's when I thought of what I'm talking about here today. Point number one, let life make a mistake in your favor. Like Andre Agassi's tennis coach told him, stop trying to hit a winner every time you hit the ball. Just keep the ball in play and let your opponent make the mistake. You don't have to force the mistake. Let them make a mistake. If you just keep playing the game, and this is the same thing in life, if you just keep playing the game, just keep showing up, the opportunity will present itself. You don't have to force it. Number two, make them finish you. A lot of people can create and receive advantages. That's the easy part. That's what I call playing a home game. Anybody can ride the wave of everything working in their favor. But what do you do when things are not working in your favor? When you're on the trailing end of the scoreboard, most people quit. They quit in spirit. They quit emotionally, if not quitting physically. My suggestion is that you do the opposite. All right. The opportunity in life is always in the opposites. I talked about that in episode 1025. Opportunity is always in the opposites. The game's not over until they beat you, just like in my chess match. Use people's weaknesses to your advantage that most people will quit when they're losing. So when you're losing, don't quit. People won't know what to do. And point number three, keep in mind that most people are incapable of playing from behind. Most people are scared of playing road games, let alone are they good at playing on the road. They're not used to it. So when they get behind, usually they just quit. They give up and they only engage when they're sure they can win. This is why most people are average, because you cannot become great in life by playing only home games. You must win some road games in order to be great. Any of you follow sports, no sports team can win a championship by only winning games at home. You have to win some road games. You got to go on the road and win games. You think about some of the best games in, let's say, a sport like basketball was a sport that I followed the most. Michael Jordan, that game six shot against the Utah Jazz. Where was that game? That was on the road. That shot was in Utah. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, the Cleveland Cavs, when they beat that 73-9 Warriors team, the team that blew a 3-1 lead, where was that game seven at? That game seven was in Oakland. That game seven was in Golden State. They went on the road and did that. Uh, think, speaking of LeBron James, that game six against the Boston Celtics 2012, they were down 3-2 to the Celtics, and everybody thought LeBron's going to choke again in the playoffs. He came out and had that big 45-point game. That's probably one of my favorite games I've ever seen LeBron play. In Boston, that game was in Boston on the road when it looked like that was going to be the end of the whole heat, that whole heat thing. They hadn't even won a championship yet. That game was on the road. They had to go on the road to win that championship. And it's the same thing for you. You have to go on the road to be a champion. You cannot only live off of and get fat off of situations that are set up for you to win. And often when you put yourself in a position or when you find yourself in a position rather of losing, then you force your opponent to have to finish you off. You will often find that they are ill-equipped physically, mentally, strategically to actually do the job. Most people don't have a killer instinct to finish the job off. All this said, you want to get my daily motivation text every day, and I know you do. 
send me a text at this number, 305-384-6894. And any of you who wants to work on that killer instinct, make sure that you have the strategy in place to not only finish off your opponents when you have the lead, but also how to come back when you're the one who's in the down spot. Join my Bulletproof Mastermind. I do a live strategy session training every single week on mindset and on business. And if you like what you heard here today, imagine what I do when I'm planning these out for the specific high-level individuals in my masterminds. That is what happens in a Bulletproof Mastermind on top of the fact that you're going to be networking and connecting with those like-minded individuals in an environment that is specifically tailor-made to people like yourself. Join that by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Also, if you want to work with me one-on-one, options are there on that same page for that. Again, workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894. 